I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Newcastle segment, of course. When the season's over, we just do club-specific segments. No final big show, sorry about it. Uh, But we will do uh, a season review uh, with Dave Hendrick later on. It'll probably be about a week from now. But for now, we're talking with Jake about Newcastle. They've had a very strange season. It ends with a 4-0 win against Fulham. Uh, Jake, like I said, it's been kind of a weird one. Ups and downs, injuries, questions about ownership, questions about whether or not Rafa will be staying. But on the whole, on the actual pitch, what have you made of Newcastle's year? Yeah, I think it's been a a, a good year on the whole. Um, well, I think if we start from November, it's been a good year. We've obviously had a tough start. Um, I think we were in the relegation zone around... October November time which um, was probably the same the season before so it seems like we've had a couple of tough starts that's probably a mixture of lack of lack of recruitment tough fixtures and just a general malaise around the place after the the constant speculation that goes on throughout every summer since we've been back in the Premier League so I think that that's the reason why we do pull, start um, start poorly but since then it's picked up I think um, we did okay up to January, sort of between November and December. We we did okay and picked up enough pit, uh, points. Went for a couple of um, winning streaks. I think there was one in December where we beat Cardiff, Bournemouth. Um, there might have been another team at home. I can't remember who that was, but we went. Uh, there might have been Huddersfield away even. But we we picked up a few wins and got us up out of the relegation zone. Uh, and then obviously in January we we got the signing of Almiron. I think it sort of really clicked there. We we did well in the second half of the season. And I don't have any sort of league tables in front of me, but I'd I'd guess we would be definitely in the top half. Probably I think only Palace outside of the, and Wolves outside the top six have done better than us over that period. I'd, 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 I, to me that sounds that sounds just about right. I haven't got the stats in front of me. But we've done well since the turn of the year obviously but the last team to beat City in the Premier League since then no no team has taken a single point of them. Uh, and we sort of found a way of playing which was setting up well at the back three with three uh at the back, which was a bit of a change for Rafa. He's he's been wedded to the four-two-three-one throughout his career, but changed that three at the back, uh, which allowed us to bring in Shah and Lejeune, who are probably two of our best footballers on the ball. Uh, and we saw that quite a lot this season with them starting attacks and Shah getting a few goals, bringing on Almiron um, with alongside Perez and Rondon in the in the front three, and it really seemed to work well. And we we brought in Hayden and, and Longstaff in midfield, and, and we seemed to find a way of playing for a little bit. Um, until the, the injury to Longstaff um, and then to Almiron. But it, that seemed to be working really well for us, picking up some big wins uh, and playing some good football, even in the games that we weren't winning. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's been a good good season. and We've definitely progressed as a club, as a team. Maybe not as a club, we've definitely progressed as a team. Um, and, and there's definitely a platform. We, we finished lower than we did last year. But I think we've taken one more point over the course of that season. So it is 
uh, progression in a way, I think. Um, I think the rest of the league has got a lot better. Uh, and, you know, and that, and that happens when investment goes into clubs and, and those clubs bring in better managers. Obviously, West Ham having Pellegrini, uh, Marco Silva, Everton, they, they are better managers than the ones they've had previously. But we, I think we can be happy, uh, especially with the, the the problems we have in recruitment and ownership and things like that. We we have progressed enough, and I think that we've definitely got a platform now to, to go on and, and be a top 10 team consistently and, and challenge in those cup competitions and try and get back in the Europa League, which I think has got to be our minimum sort of ambition for the next two or three years. I think it might be unrealistic to expect a European spot next year, but that's definitely what what we need to build on in the in the next couple of years definitely yeah we'll definitely get into expectations a little bit later in this uh but if you had to give your season a letter grade where would you give it probably like a b b minus ish is what i'm thinking i was thinking c plus just because we've yeah. fallen down the league but i think it's definitely been a, i'll say b minus because i think rafa's done an amazing job with what he's got ahead uh, in front of him and i think that we might have dropped a few leagues like places but we've we've got more points and I think we've found a, a more effective way of playing football um I think sort of we stumbled to that 10th finish last year whereas I think we've we've earned our position this year and, and we've progressed a lot since November time and, and since the signing round we're on and and given a chance to long staff and things like that so yeah I'd, I'd say B C plus B minus I'll, I'll, I'll be generous and say B minus just because you know Rafa's doing a, a great job before he's got but yeah it, it's difficult to go much above that yeah, bringing up the the job that Rafa has done, you mentioned the switch to the back three. The other part of that is that you move one of your best playmakers to left back. You kind of fumbled it right back the whole season, switching back and forth between Ranquillo and Yedlin. Um, and I, I've just been very impressed personally with how he got pieces that were already contributing to continue contributing after kind of tweaking their positioning. Yeah, definitely. I think he's um, Richie to, to left wing back has been one of the best tactical switches of the season. I don't think anybody was sort of seeing seeing that happening. And he, he got another uh, one or two assists today, I think. And he, he's been yeah, getting plenty of corners. assists. Yeah, he's getting plenty of assists all season. Um, did did well in the games against the big teams as well. Um, against Liverpool recently and Manchester City before that. So he's done really well in that spot. And I think it works well for him because you, you've got Almiron sort of causing a lot of problems further down the wing and, and bringing the full back in, which... You know, or pushing the fullback back, and then you can sort of bring it back to Richie. You can cross on his right foot, and you know you got Rondon, and even Perez is quite. It's been a lot better in the air, so it, it's worked really well for him. I also think that the the development of Isaac Hayden has been really, really good. Um, bringing him back into the team when we were short on midfielders at the start of the year, he wanted to leave the club uh, for family reasons. He wanted to leave again in January, but uh, Rafa's really sort of turned his attitude around. He, he got a silly red card at, at Cardiff at the start of the season, and he's really bought into to being at the club again, even if he doesn't, you know, really want to be here. Uh, and I think he, you know, it can be tough to motivate a player like that, but Rafa's done that and got the best out of him and, and it's been to the, the team's benefit really. Um and and obviously the, the continued development of Perez and and Lascelles, you know, that it that's there's been a lot of good coaching, I think, from Rafa and finding the best spots for players. Um even if that can be to you know the can be bad for other players like Shelby. I'm sure we'll come on to his sort of missed out in this formation and, and the changes that have happened. But on the whole, I think it's, I think the major, I'd say the majority of our players have got better this season uh, and have grown in, in confidence in the Premier League. And that is, that is only down to one person and that is Benitez. 
Yeah, if you were to call out a low point of the season and a high point and things on a little bit of a brighter note, what would they have been? Yeah, I think the I think the the low point is probably uh, the game against Brighton. I think it was October time. Um, I think we were much the better team at home, but it was it was during a period where we were so low on confidence and didn't have that winning mentality. We probably had a losing one, and we we lost the game to their only shot on target. And I think then I was, was when we sort of fell to another relegation, you know, battle. Um, but you know, there's been a lot of highs since. So I think the the City game is probably the high um, has to be considered the high point of the season to come back against a team that were the champions for the second season in a row and didn't lose another game in, in 2019 in the league. I think that's got to be considered the high point. And that was a display of, of what everything, what Newcastle United could be uh, and should be really. That was, that was what, you know, everything went right on that night. And it was, I think it was the day we'd signed Alvaron as well, which gave, gave us an extra boost and might've played into the performances of some of the players on that day. So I think that was just a great day to be a Newcastle United fan. Um, and, and, you know, we want those days to come around a lot more often and not just in league football, we want it in cups as well because that's what we, you know, should be aspiring to be. And, and that was, yeah, just a great day. <laughs> Breaking our transfer record and beating the champions, it doesn't get much better than that for a, a side of where we are in the league anyway. Yeah, def- definitely kind of a sign of what you can do when you're at your best. Uh, and hopefully that'll come more next season. Uh, who would you say were Newcastle's player of the year and young player of the year this year? Um. Play of the year is difficult. I think the club gave it to Rondon, which I can completely understand. Hard to argue, yeah. Yeah, I, I would probably give it to Fabian Shaw. I just think he's been excellent. Um, I was excited when we signed him, got him for $3 million from Deportivo. I think he was relegated in La Liga. But, I, I, you know, he's been a player that, that I thought was very good for a long time since he came through at Basel. And I knew he'd be a good signer for us and where we were at. And I thought he'd, he'd thrive under Benitez, given his, you know, how good he is at coaching defenders and it's really come through like that he's quite often a playmaker for us which is odd for a defender but he's so good on the ball often brings it out and he, he does set the tone from the back picked up a few too many yellows but you can sort of forgive him that for, for everything else he offers but yeah he's been excellent and if we sold him tomorrow we'd get 10 probably you know 10 times what we paid for him which says a lot of, of his development this year so I, i'd probably give him the player of the year um Young player, we don't have too many young players, but it's probably got to be Sean Longstaff. I think he was excellent when he came in. Um, became a, one of the first names on the team sheet before his injury. Just looked so assured at this level. Uh, and I think if he comes back next year, he's, he's going to just become even better. And I could see him being a player that goes on to play for England at some point. He's, he's that talented. Um, yeah, I think he's. I didn't expect him to come through in the way he did, but every time he played, he just looked so at home at this level. And I think his first four, three or four games were against Chelsea, Tottenham, uh, Liverpool. So, you know, he had a baptism of fire and looked, looked good in all of those games. So I think we've got to, got to see a, a future for him at, at the club, and I think we will do. Yeah, very good seasons there for sure. Um, what do you think was the best goal of the year? We kind of talked about it before we started recording, and it seems like an argument of which Fabian Schar goal was the best one. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, you mentioned the goal against Burnley, which was a, a very, very good goal. Sort of very unexpected the way he's hit that from so far out and the amount of pace he's got on that ball. Don't expect it from a centre-back, obviously probably being eclipsed by company's goal now, but at the time it was a, a great goal. But I think his goal against Cardiff a few a few weeks previous was was better than that one. Got the ball midway inside the Cardiff half and, and sort of drove towards the box, beat two or three players and scored from, in, you know, 
just just off the penalty spot. It's such a great goal that showed all the technical qualities he's got. Um, so yeah, it's probably the goal of the season for me. I think the only other one that isn't a Fabian Schar goal you could probably mention um, is the Salomon Rondon free kick. I think it was against Bournemouth. Um, um, that was a, that was a very good goal from quite far out. Uh, and even Shelby's goal today was quite good. But no, it's, I don't think anything beats the, the, the Fabian Schar goal. Yeah, that's a good point. Shelby's today was pretty great on the half volley. But uh, yeah, the Shar's ball skills are pretty hard to argue that there's anyone better at center back in the Premier League, um, especially when it comes to finishing. Because uh, of course the City defenders are, are great at playing a pass, but whew, some some of, and with his feet usually, like as opposed to like Laporte who scores his today. But you mentioned the company goal that does kind of take the shine off because it was pretty close to being the same goal and may have won them the title. But uh, yeah, Char, Char definitely provides plenty of entertainment. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We mentioned it at the beginning, this is the less fun part of the show. There are so many questions hanging over Newcastle right now. I'm sure it kind of makes it hard to enjoy what, as we've said thus far, has been a pretty positive season. Um, so we'll just kind of go through and discuss people that that this could have been their last match involved with Newcastle. We'll start off with Rondon. Um, scores again today. I think that was his 11th on the year. Um, and saw heading into this week that only Hazard has been a part of more of his club's goals than Rondon has been for Newcastle. He is older. You might not want to invest too much money, but surely you have to bring him in. I think that he's, his future is tied to Rafa's, but I'll just go in a little bit of why Newcastle fans should be confident of keeping Rondon, um, even with his age. I think he's, he's going into the final year of his contract at West Brom. I don't think they're going to be coming up uh, after what happened over the weekend with them. They also have a Newcastle player at their club who they would very much like to keep. So I think it only makes sense that some sort of arrangement can be met for Gale to stay at West Brom and, and Rondon to stay at Newcastle. I think both players would like that to happen. So I just... It's just one of those things that makes so much sense and it, you wouldn't even doubt it if Mike Ashley wasn't involved in the deal. <laughs> like that, it just makes complete sense. But we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I'm i I'm less confident of keeping him than, than Rafa just because I know what the club are like, but I can't see a reason for it not to happen. So I, I, I think that we are going to have the longest run up at Rondon and we're going to, there's going to be a lot of, we're going to have more than enough chance to get him. Uh, I just think if it goes on, late July, early August. I think that's when we might see him go to another club. But I think we're going to have long enough to do that deal. And if 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 Rafa stays, I'd be shocked if that didn't that deal didn't get done. I'd, just, I'd be shocked. 
Yeah, another player on loan, Kennedy, had a great end of last season, which is why you brought him back for this season. That seemed a huge get, but it seems like he didn't really play that big of a role throughout most of the season. Are you assuming he'll go back to Chelsea and then probably out elsewhere next year? Yeah, I don't think he'll stay. Uh, I think the Chelsea want a bit too much money for him, and, and the way he's not offered anything at all this season, and especially with their transfer ban, I think I think he's a player that they might keep around just to, to provide a bit of cover, just because he's got and had enough games in the Premier League that he can sort of know that he can do okay. So yeah, I can see him going back to Chelsea and staying there. It's a shame because he, he was so good last year, and it, that was the deal I was most excited about doing last summer. I, I would have been more than happy for the club to have paid £25 million from last summer, but now... I can see why the club were hesitant to do that, and I'm, I'm happy they didn't because he doesn't look like he's got the right attitude or just, yeah, he doesn't look like the player that I thought he could be. So, I, yeah, I don't think he will be coming back. Yeah, and then a player that isn't on loan but has certainly drawn the eye, especially over the last couple of months, is Ayose Perez. Um, I know Tottenham have been after him for like four years now uh, with varying degrees of interest. I'm sure other people have been looking at him as well. You mentioned on your last full appearance on the full show. Um, that you'd rather just hang on to him and see what happens as he continues to develop at Newcastle. Do you think he will be there, or, or do you think this may have been his last time wearing the Newcastle shirt? I'm not sure with Perez. Uh, I think it depends what interest is, is in him. Um, I, As a supporter, I'd love him to stay, obviously, but if the club are going to go down this route of buying players young and developing them and selling them high, this is the time to sell Perez. Um, so, yeah, I think we could probably get a nice fee for him. Um, I think it would it probably wouldn't be too difficult to replace him if we got a big fee. I think there's a lot of players that could do a similar job, but I just think with Perez, there's probably a, a bigger upside than a lot of those players. I think he can continue to develop. Um, yeah, I'd hope he stayed. I couldn't see him going to another Premier League club. I think if he leaves, he goes to a Villarreal or, or a Valencia or you know one of that second-tier clubs in Spain. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I hope he stays. But yeah, if, if we do get an offer of 25 million plus, I think the club should probably sell him and... and reinvest that in the squad because that could probably do a lot more for us than keeping Perez with. But we'll, we'll, it all depends on the interest in him. Uh, and it probably does depend on Rap, whether Rafa stays or not as well because I think he'd probably want to keep Perez. But I think he'd also be of the same mindset that if a big offer came in, it's you, you have you have to take that from now because there's probably not going to be interest in Perez like like there is going to be this summer any time again. And we've fallen foul of keeping players too long before. Um, I think you look at the sales last time, we rejected 30 million, I think. It's probably, we're never going to get that offer again. Uh, and we did it with Teote as well um, when he was here. So it's all about selling players at the right time for a club like Newcastle. Uh, and it might be that this summer is that time for Perez. But it, yeah, it's difficult to, to be too certain either way on Perez at this point. Yeah, at the other end of importance to the team, um, John Joe Shelby might leave, in my opinion, just because he probably won't get the minutes he expects next year. Um, considering all the central midfield talent you've turned through. You even suffered injuries there, and he still didn't get through until kind of late in the season here. Do you think he might back his way out of the club this summer? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, the one reason I think we might keep him is because Diarmé's out of contract is unlikely to get a new one. Isaac Hayden's likely to be sold um, as he wants to leave. So that leaves us light in central midfield with, with just Key and, and Longstaff and Shelby. So... For that reason alone, I think we might keep him and try and add another midfielder. Um, I also think that Shelby's the type of player that if you have him fit for a whole preseason, you could probably fit him into the way you want to play. But the amount of football he missed, and he was just unfortunate that things clicked in his absence and he didn't get back in. Uh, I think he probably understands that as well. So I think I'm, I think there might be interest. Um, West Ham are a club that have wanted him for a long time. Uh, and if we got a, 
a decent offer, we'd probably take it. But I, I'm not. I, I think, I think he'd probably be happy staying because he knows that there's going to be spots open next year. And I think, it, like a lot of other players, he, he sort of enjoys being at the club at the moment, even you know, despite his lack of playing time. And I, I think he, he might stay. But it, it yeah, again, it'll, it, if it all depends on. There's so many unanswered questions. I don't know the answer to any of these questions, to be honest. It's so <laughs> uncertain. But with Shelby, I think just that the, the absence of the other players in his position might just, just help him stay. Yeah, and then the big one that we try to not have to ask you all season, but this is the season review. So if there's any time, it would be now. Do you think Rafa Benitez is Newcastle's manager come 2019-20? I do, but it, it, I'm not 100% certain. I'd say I'm about... 70 30 that he's going to stay i think i think he enjoys it uh at newcastle i think he likes being here i think he can see the potential and i think he knows he's not going to win every battle with the board but he's won a lot more battles with that board than any other manager has previously so he can have that to, to his, you know he can take that into these contract talks i think he'll know that we've got more money to spend given that we've been in the premier league now for a few seasons and we've sort of stabilized so he's got another another year of Premier League money and you know he's got a, he's built this team that most of these players are his signing so he's built this squad even if it's not the quality he wants they are the players that he can trust and he knows he you know he wouldn't have to do a complete rebuilding job on the squad like he would do if he went to into another another team he just needs to add quality to it so I think he stays but it's just the next 10 days are going to be just awful. It's going to be so much speculation on both sides, and rightly so. I think they've both got to play their sort of, you know, their high poker cards. If you if you want to get, you know, take it to that analogy, you know, they've mm-hmm. both got to keep their cards close to their chest and sort of play each other off in the media a little bit. Mike Ashley at the game today knows how much value Rafa adds to this team and this club. I think he stays and he gets a bit of money to spend, but it's probably not as much money as he wants. But I, I think he knows he's not going to get that. I think he's also at the point in his life, you know, he's got a family that's settled in England. He wants to be managing in the Premier League. He's settled, you know, he, he's, he knows that he's got the, the backing of the supporters at Newcastle no matter what. He's achieved a lot in his career up to this point. I, just, I don't, don't know if he's got the hunger really to go and chase that next top level job, given it's not going to be coming in the Premier League. So I think he's, I think he'll stay. But, you know, in a week's time, I might look stupid for saying that. It's not certain, but I, I think he'll stay. Yeah, he certainly seems to have found a connection with the fan base. Now the question is, has he done so with an owner that has been reluctant to back him in the past? Um, with Rafa staying, we've decided that. Now we're not going to bug you about it anymore. Uh, what would your way-too-early predictions and expectations for 2019-20 look like? If Rafa stays and he gets a fair budget to spend, I think we'll finish in the top 10. Because I think he's too good not to get us there. Um especially if we, we sign players that he wants. Um, yeah, I think we'll get into that top 10. Um, the problem's going, you know, in, in, in previous summers, just some of the players that we've been close to getting because of Rafa and we haven't. Uh, Tagliafico from, nearly joined us ahead of Ajax, Oof. which, you know, that would have been a very good signing. Um, I think we, we were in for Nicholas Pepe for a long time um, as well. That that was quite close to being done, but then the fee went off. So that we've been linked to these good players before they've become really really good so if we can bring in a few of those like i think we we'd really benefit from that and probably be quite a good team to watch uh so i think yeah i, th- I think if we keep him we'll get top 10 and, and might do something in a cup competition a semi-final or something like that 
if he goes, I sadly think we're going to be into for a relegation battle and probably will end up going down because I, just, I, it would be a very difficult job coming into Newcastle after Rafa Benitez. And I just, I just think that would be impossible. So, yeah, I, I think if we keep him, we're going to be in for a better year and probably get top 10 and it won't be like it was last year where we sort of stumbled to it and because nobody else wanted it and nobody else was really that good. I think we'll do it on merit and we'll finish there because we've been one of the top 10 clubs in the league. Um, yeah, so I think we, we we could be really confident of that, um, especially a whole year of Almiron as well. I think he's, he's a player that next year we're going to see the best of and he's mm. going to be very, very good. So I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic if in the next 10 days it comes out the Rafa's day and we've, we've, we're in a really good place as a club. So if he goes, that that is such a difficult thing to recover from. Yeah, you mentioned if, if Rafa gets the players in that he wants. For years, I kind of had your biggest weaknesses in your squad being attacking midfield and left back. And apparently you fix left back by moving one of your best attacking midfield players there. And then you go out and sign Almiron to fill the other gap. If there was one hole that you felt you needed to fill this summer, kind of regardless of whether or not Rafa was there, what would it be? Yeah, I think I think the one gaping hole in our squad... If Rondon stays, it is right back. I think we need a, a good quality right back that can offer something in possession. Um, you can have Trippier when we go sign anyone else. <laughs> I think Trippier's a little bit out of our price range, even though he's not been that good this season. And he's probably going to go to a big club based on his reputation for the World Cup. But somebody like that, I think we just need somebody better in possession. I think Yedlin offers a little bit. He offered a lot in possession when we were in the championship, but I don't think he's quite good at Premier League level. He's an all right backup, and I think the same goes for Mankio. He's never really had it in possession, but it's, it can be solid at Premier League level if he comes in for a couple of games. I don't think either of them are starting right backs. Uh, we probably need a central midfielder as well, and and probably another striker. But, you know, we're in a good spot. So we, it's, it's mainly that right back spot for me that I think is it's a big hole that we need to fill. All right, well, that seems a good place to stop as any. Uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you over the summer? Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at JJackman with two ends. Probably tweeting a lot about what's happening at Newcastle, transfers, Rafa, takeovers. Probably have all three at some point. Uh, and you can yeah, get my writings on EPL Index or you can also get the championship show on this channel that I sometimes feature on, which has got playoff stuff going on at the moment. Yeah, excellent shout. Be sure to check out our championship show as the playoffs get ongoing. Just a ridiculous and, and crazy match, uh, particularly between Villa and West Brom in that first one that you alluded to earlier. Um, so I'm sure there will be uh, discussions about that on that show. So check that out. Jake, an absolute pleasure speaking with you throughout the season today as well. And uh, best of luck in the summer keeping all those people. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.